All right, welcome to this episode of Strong Dads Community. I'm your host, Charlie Ford. This podcast is part of Thumos USA, a community optimizing men for growth, purpose, and impact. Thank you all for listening today. I hope the parallels in these stories encourage you to realize your own potential. Today, we have a father, husband, and a Christian man. He has been in martial artists for uh, for years, learning, training, and coaching others. And he has a passion for being used by God to serve his purpose. He's the man, the myth, and the legend in the making, Mr. Jeff Henderson. Welcome to the show, Jeff. How are you today, man? Doing great, Charlie. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome, man. I'm glad you could be here. Um, you've got a lot to share, and uh, I'm excited to kind of pick your brain on this stuff, man. I've heard parts of stories, you know, about your childhood and about what got you into martial arts, and and it's always I always find it pretty fascinating because you're still into that, and uh, and you've got kids of your own and training them. So uh, really looking forward to it, man. So I guess for the listeners out there, man, uh, tell us uh, what your you know tell us a little bit about your status, uh, married, kids, all that kind of thing. Yeah, so uh, 47 years old, married to, of course, beautiful wife, Jennifer, for 21 years now. I have twin 14-year-old boys, and uh, that's Will and Gabe, and then an 8-year-old, Jackson. And uh, we currently live in Destrehan. Uh, um, I have an older brother, four years older than me, just about. Uh, Parents still living in Metairie, and... uh, yeah, so we're just uh, living, enjoying life, uh, and trying to do God's will. Man, it sounds like you're right in the hormone zone for uh, with the <laughs> twin fourteen-year-olds. How is that, man? Yeah, <laughs> has yeah. thing have, have, have things changed? Uh, you know, now that they're fourteen, like versus eleven. Oh yeah, man, absolutely. Um, they're getting they're tall. One of them is tall as me, about to pass me up. And uh, Gabe, he's about an inch taller than me. They get that height from their mother. Um, they're super active in school and sports. Uh, all three of them, really. They do very well, very well behaved. But they can eat, boy. When I tell you eat, <laughs> our grocery bill, especially with inflation, oh, my God. I got to find me a second job almost, I think, <laughs> coming up soon. But no, super active. It's never a dull day. Um but yet we still find time to reconnect. We try to as much as possible. It's hard in the evenings, you know, to have a sit down dinner. Um, but we try to hit that on the weekends and once or twice during the week. But um, yes, very active and uh, it's flying by. Does does your eight year old like look at the old, his older brothers? Does he try to be like them or is he like, no, I'm, I'm kind of doing my own thing? <laughs> Uh, yeah, he does both. Right. So he he's his own little uh, man. And then at the same time, he 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 loves being with his bigger brothers. He calls them the brothers, uh, the boys. Uh, he tries <laughs> to emulate them sometimes. Um, but no, they're all very the close knit brothers, even though they're six years apart. Um, you know, they they engage with him a lot. They play with him, you know, out front basketball. They throw the football. We all we all try and do everything together uh, to stay tight family, right? So. Oh, that's cool. That yeah. is really neat, man. So you being a dad, let's kind of rewind the clock a little bit and tell us a little bit about, um, you know, you growing up and your relationship with your own father. How How is that? It was, um, it, my dad was, or still is, but <laughs> growing up, my dad was the disciplinarian. He demanded respect, manners. 
all that stuff. And I learned at a very early age not to mess up big time, right? Because that came with, of course, the right type of spanking, right? The right type of punishment. <laughs> but it only took a couple of times for me to realize that at an early age. But no, my dad, he, he loves me. Uh, he loves us, man. Me and my brother. Uh, he showed us that love through his actions, um, through his devotion of uh, just being a hardworking dad, doing what it takes to provide for the family. Um, and that's that's what I love about this man so much. He he demanded the respect, but he also gave it. You know, he um, he gave us our freedom. He gave us room to make mistakes, and then he he would show us why things like that nature. But um, you know, going back to my dad. When it came to providing for the family, I had a sort of a weird or not weird, but maybe a different childhood growing up. When I was 10 years old, um, we moved from Louisiana to New Jersey. And reason why is my dad was electrician working out of the union at the time. And back in the mid 80s, the economy was tough down here for that for that industry and everything going on. So we moved up to New Jersey. And I was 10 years old where I thought, man, my whole world just got crushed. You know, I had all my friends who I, you know, at 10 years old, you think, oh, my God, this is my life now. I'm going to a place I've never been to before. Um, how many, you know, thousand miles away is that? And the culture shock was different. So, of course, being 10, I, uh, I had to go through an adjustment. And I didn't, I didn't like it at first, right? Uh, left all my friends left living in a three bedroom house to a two bedroom apartment, sharing a room with my brother that came with its challenges. Um, but being older now, you know, I say now, but in my twenties, when my, you know, brain caught up to what took place at an early age, I, I've loved and respected my dad so much more for what he had to do, uh, to, you know, keep us going. And so, you don't realize that at 10 years old, what's going on. You just know you're in a different world and man, it's just not what you're used to. So like I said, there's an adjustment that had to be made. Um, but looking back, like I said, there was things that I learned and got to experience that I would never would have if uh, I never moved. Right. So things like experiencing winter there, I got to go skiing, um, we moved to the to country part of New Jersey. So I was surrounded by cornfields. So that was right up my alley. I love being outside. I would just go and ride my bike and explore. That was my freedom. Um, Did your dad actually say uh, that, that he was, that it was a hard transition to move? Like it was a tough decision for him or, or is yeah, it something that yeah. he wanted to do? Like, did he reluctantly move just, just for the, you know, for the, the work? It was, of course, you know, talking to him years later, you know, I got to learn more about all the reasons why other than, hey, yeah, things are bad. We got to go where there's work. Um, mm. Yeah, he. of course, we didn't want to. But um, the way it worked out, he was able to rent out the house because he always planned on moving back. Right. So this was just a temporary thing, but it was an unknown how long we were going to be. Um, it wound up being four years. You know, we lived in New Jersey while I was in junior high. And when I moved back, I started high school, right? But my dad was able to rent out the house and we moved back to the same house when we when we was able to come back and things got better. So there was always his intentions to come back, but 
it was, you know, mainly just to provide, uh, you know, and have a better life for us instead of struggling, selling the house, you know, working two or three jobs, whatever it took to make ends meet. Um, you know, while my mom, she was a beautician working out of the house. So I come from a middle class family where we we understood and realized the the value of a dollar. Um, and my dad taught me many lessons about why we did the things we did. You know, um, I was never a kid who always wanted this or that or needed this, needed these games. And this all I needed was my BMX and a pair of tennis shoes and a pair of shorts. I didn't even need a t-shirt, right? <laughs> um, but that was just it. That's how, that's how we were raised. I didn't know any better, right? I didn't I didn't know what it meant to be rich. I didn't care. Still to this mm-hmm. day, I don't care, right? Mm-hmm. But um, just that whole experience of living in a different state that far away, I, I gained and learned and grew so much from that. Did, um, did your dad have like a slogan or something that that uh, sticks with you to today, like something that he said repeatedly that, uh, that 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 you still hold on to? You know, my dad wasn't a man of many words, but when he did speak, um, I would I would hold on to those things. And his biggest thing, uh, actions and words were always stand up for yourself. Uh, your word. That means a lot. Right. Your word is everything. Um, and he kept it very basic. He's like, just do the right thing. Um, you know, we don't steal. We don't cheat. We don't lie. You know, even though growing up as kids, you know, you, you think you could get away with that. But no, <laughs> uh, no, he, he was very, uh, very simple. But at the same time, he demanded respect. And uh, and, um, you know, that's that's what you know, instilled in me and, and to this day, my kids. Right. So uh, manners and respect. And, and that was his biggest thing. You mm. can you don't have to be the smartest person. You don't have to make straight A's. But damn it, you're going to be respectful. You're going to have your manners and you're going to give your best. And you give me your best. That's all. I, that's all I ask for. Right. And so. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, so speaking of giving your best, you got into martial arts. Uh, what, what age were you when you when you started martial arts? So I tell people the story when they ask me certain questions about that. I say I started martial arts when I was like four years old, watching Kung Fu theater on Sunday mornings before church. Right. And the reason why I say that is because martial arts isn't just a physical part of training. It, it starts mentally. And so that intrigued me. Kung Fu theater. Um, and so I started when actually in New Jersey, I took a little bit of, uh, you know, this generic karate <laughs> class. It didn't last long, but, um, when I really started my training, I was 18, uh, just graduated high school. Um, I was burnt out on the other typical sports, um, wasn't going to go play for college. I didn't pursue that, but I was like, I had to, I have to do something. And I always loved martial arts. I never had time to do it. Uh, so, um, what sport did you play in high school? I played baseball and football all through okay. high school. Prior to that, it was baseball, football, and basketball. Okay. All right. Up and then, time. so you get out of high school and that's when, that's what triggered you to start, uh, yeah. jumping into martial arts. That was part of it. The other part, <laughs> I mentioned my brother who's four years older than me. He was, he was sort of my inspiration or, or my reasoning for, for training because, um, I'd always aggravate him for the attention, uh, because he was always off with his friends. He was, you know, like I said, four years older than me. 
Um, we would hang out and do things every now and then, but really, you know, it wasn't a lot. But um, when we would mess around and wrestle, of course, he'd always get the best of me, and I'd wind up hitting and running as fast as I could when I got my shot in. But uh, I've always, <laughs> I guess having a bigger brother, I always tried to prove myself that even though I'm younger and smaller, I'm not scared of you. Um, and that, that's always been, I guess, my mentality or thought process. Uh, and I, I believe I got that from my dad when he would tell me his, his stories about uh, running the streets when he was younger, the different fights he got into because of back then they had the um the cats and the frats which was like the the uh, greases and the shows so uh okay um and so he had he had to defend himself a bunch of times because uh just the way things were back then in in new orleans and um so anyway between that and my brother trying to prove myself and standing up for myself uh i figured well shoot I'm not the biggest guy or the strongest guy, so I better learn how to fight and take care of myself, you know, as I, I go into this uh, real world, just leaving high school, starting college and 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 that. Um, but, yeah, so that was my drive, man. I uh, just wanted to be able to take care of myself and learn how to do it the right way as fast as possible. So. Uh, and you and you went really when you started, you were more of the uh, the kicking and punching type style, like karate type right. style. Then you. You sort of like through the years, you've kind of progressed rapidly through through from from the kicking the punch into jujitsu. Right. And then your most recent um, sort of peak has been uh, getting into an actual full contact, you know, cage fight, right. uh, which which is pretty awesome. Um, yeah. So so like like your journey along this way, you you were at 18. You didn't. I'm assuming you were uh, were not married at that time. Right. <laughs> no. so, so you're not married you start martial arts and yet um the one constant that has been in your life through this whole entire time of getting married now with three boys has been martial arts and in yeah. some type of uh you know fitness component along with that so like w- what um what's driven you to continue to improve your skills along the way from kicking and punching to jujitsu to then, um, you know, the cage fight and how has that impacted you as like a father? Right. So starting in 94 with Korean martial arts called Pyong Sudo, which was a mixture of, of judo, um, some jujitsu, kickboxing, hapkido and, and kung fu. Um, I knew how to take care of myself standing up after training that for years. But what I didn't know is how to fight on the ground. So in 2007, I got into Brazilian jujitsu. Uh, I started training that um, downtown on magazine at NOLA BJJ. That was my first uh, first gym. I've been with them ever since. And uh, I went through that whole process, um, competing, uh, multiple tournaments, uh, submission matches, super fights. Um, and then in 2018, I got my black belt in jiu-jitsu. And then throughout that whole process, uh, I I also cross-trained some in Sambo, which is Russian folk-style wrestling. Um, I did some judo. I did some, you know, private, you know, grappling wrestling classes with a, a good friend of mine, Warren Donnelly. Um, so I took all of that, combined it, and uh, wanted to establish a good, complete 
package of what it takes to uh, one day enter into MMA, right? So I go through all that and then I feel like uh, my window's closing. I'm, I'm in my early 40s, late 40s. Well, I'm 47 now, so I'm like, uh, I'll never be able to, uh, to get into the, uh, to the cage at my age. But uh, something weird happened, man. You know, um, I got into Thumos. I got uh, my mind, body, and spirit right. I got my my um, my hormones right because uh, no matter how much I trained, I just I was always tired. My metabolism dropped. Um, I just wasn't always feeling good. Um, so I got that uh, on point, and then COVID comes, and then man. Uh, you know, the world shut down forever, how long, but I kept training and uh, I started getting um, more in shape, uh, conditioning wise. Uh, my technique was getting better all the while, you know, optimizing my body through, you know, proper eating, proper training, proper, proper um, supplements and, and getting my blood work done. Man, I felt great. And so I was like, well, maybe there, there is a chance I can do that. So um, I pursued uh, getting into the cage and uh, going through that process, having a fight camp, getting the right coaches involved. And uh, yeah, at 46 years old, I, I did my MMA and, and wound up winning the match uh, and it felt great. And so that to me, that was my, my drive was to see where I was at with my career. And that, that's the whole purpose of me constantly competing every so often throughout the years, where am I currently at with my skill set? How would I do up against somebody bigger than me in the open weight class, somebody at my size in my division, just for my own, um, I guess, self, self-reflecting, self, self-assurance that, you know, if it comes down to it, yeah, I could take care of myself and others if it came down to that. So that's always been my driver being able to take care of myself in a situation. Uh, and then also that goes along with my mission is helping others, getting them to where they can take care of themselves, right? Not having to, uh, not being a sheep, but rather being a sheep dog, right? Yeah, and, that, uh, that kind of goes in line with, uh, I mean, through these years, I guess you, we, we sort of skimmed over that, but all of these years, you've not only been training, you've also been coaching and teaching, right. um, and all the way to the point that you're actually, um, you're, you're, you've got your own uh, place of your own now, right? That you uh, train and, and, and coach. Um, but you've been doing that. I mean, that's nothing new for you. You've been doing that for, for over 10 years. Yeah. So martial arts since 97. So I'm looking at 20-something years, 27 years. Uh, yeah. Constantly uh, coaching and training at the same time, right? Trying not to slack off on the training part. Uh, as we get older, we, you know, we still got to stay active. Um, but yeah, I mean, so two years ago, me and my business partner, Junior Oliveira, we opened up our own gym in, in Destrahan. It's a, it's a Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, uh, school. And, uh, we teach there, um, Monday through Thursday and Saturdays are open mats, but we utilize that as our ministry, right? We both Christians, we, we emphasize um, building yourself better than you were yesterday, right? Not trying to be better than someone else, but just better than you were, right? 
improving yourself, your mind, body, and spirit. And so my biggest, I love teaching whoever wants to learn. And so I really, I really enjoy teaching both ages, man. When I say both ages, I mean the kids class and then the adult class. I get a lot out of them differently though. Um, but my biggest drive is the kids, right? Because the world today, the way it's going and the way parents are, are raising their kids, it, it's just, it's bad. And so not saying that the kids that I'm training, their parents are bad, but I provide sort of an assurance or a service that within my mission, it's my ministry to help guide these kids who are, are taking martial arts from me. Whereas I, I talk to them about real life situations at their level that they can understand and that's appropriate, not only the physical techniques, but just what, what the world is and how to look at things and how to apply yourself and be that positive role model and give them the, the mental um, assurance that, hey, I am somebody that's worthy and I do have a, a meaning and a purpose to be in this world and it's not just for myself. Right. So. Yeah, it's, it's strange. You know, I hear this over and over again and it's specifically around jujitsu, but uh, I've never taken jujitsu, but I've, I've, I definitely have a, a passion for martial arts and I understand what it's done for me in my life. And, and when I think about, when I hear stories about people who've been in jujitsu and they, they can relate, the struggles that they go through in jujitsu to things in life. And there's just so much, uh, you know, so much parallels going on there. Um, wh what is it about jujitsu that, that you think in your opinion, that, that really translates well to life and teaching you how to live life the appropriate way? Yeah, absolutely. Jujitsu to me is one of the ultimate arts. It is one of the most humbling arts because it's, it's an art where you can, you think you're the biggest and the strongest person. And I can go up against somebody who's never done jujitsu, twice my size, twice as strong, and I can manipulate them. So it's very humbling. So going against someone who's untrained versus trained, that's the biggest difference. So when you realize that, oh, I'm not the biggest or the best, you got to humble yourself and come down to a common level. Same thing in life. You, you, gain certain knowledge in life, certain experiences, and you climb this corporate ladder, you think you're so great, but then you lose your humility and mm. your ego takes over. Well, you can't be like that in life, nor on the mat, because you can't judge this guy who wears glasses, who's a skinny little runt who I've gotten smoked by, right? <laughs> you look at Mike, <laughs> you look at, you like, you look at one of the baddest grapplers for instance, Mikey Musumisi, um, you wouldn't think that this dude could could handle you the way he does people. But, man, he will rip your leg and your knee and your ankle off like nothing. Um, so to me, it's it's a humbling art. And once you once you humble yourself, your your training, your learning, it just it grows so fast. And, and same thing with life. Once you accept that, hey, I don't know everything. I'm not the best. You can learn from young people, from old people. You know, you're you're putting yourself in a better position to uh, 
be better in life and to treat people better. And, and that's what it's about, you know, and to me, and I wanted to make this point. I was very fortunate in my martial arts career. Um, my first instructor, I, I was training under him for a year. And then he asked me to help coach uh, the young ones, which I first started when I was like 19 teaching, helping this class. And so he didn't charge me. And so I was like, man, this is awesome. Cause you know, Back then it was $25, $25 a month to train. I was like, oh man, but I, I did it. But anyways, like, so, and that sort of training, I, I was in situations where people were giving back to me and I didn't have to put a lot out. So now that's my mission is to give back, you know, what I've learned at a, an affordable, you know, rate, cost, whatever. Um, but I've learned so much, not only just the techniques, but lessons in life, how to look at things, the confidence that got built in me, um, the people who I've helped, you know, the confidence that they've gained, right? So it's about giving back. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's one thing that martial arts teaches people is confidence, humility, um, mental strength, physical strength, endurance, so, right? So it's a complete yeah. package, right? Oh, yeah. And I, I'm just curious, out of all the years that you've trained, so you've trained all these years and then and then you step into a cage for the first time. What um, did you learn any life lessons there? Like, did, did you get you know, did you was there something teachable in, in, in that cage match that you hadn't seen before? Yeah, I mean, well, there's always something teachable in every experience. Um absolutely uh so i was 46 going up against a 25 year old um i think one of the biggest things i mean for me i it was i want to say it was a bucket list item of course yeah but it was one of my biggest goals right so i've been training martial arts for so many years to me this was the ultimate test putting it all together and see what i could do um yeah, there was mistakes I made, but I still wound up coming out on top. Um, through the whole experience, it was it's not just, I guess, one thing that I learned, but the connections that I made with the people get, helping me get there, going through fight camp, uh, the, mental, um, the mental strength that I needed, the constant connection and check in with God to make sure, hey, am I am I doing the right thing uh, on a daily basis, right? This just happened. Is this meant for me, right? Um, without with all of that, I kept I kept God on, you know, the front burner, right? Making sure that what I was doing was according to his will. And I would, you know, like I, I was talking to Jody one day uh, about the whole experience, you know, when I would have certain injuries or things that happen, like, man, is this meant to be um, the timing and everything or going through therapy and knee surgery, uh, recovery for that, um, the delays. And but it all worked out because I, I feel that having that strong relationship with God, that personal relationship kept me at a certain state of mind where. I could hear his voice clearly and it didn't have to be his voice. It could be a message from a friend, um, something in nature or a, a picture, 
or a song. And I mean, that's how God talks to us. And so keeping that, that, that connection, um, that was my biggest, I guess I want to say my, maybe my biggest lessons is without God, that wouldn't have been possible. Man, that's cool. Did did uh, did you have a different view of your opponent before the match versus after the match? Not really, because I didn't have much information on my opponent. He was actually from uh, South America, around Brazil area. Um, there was any footage. I didn't know anything about him. Um, but we went in very respectfully with each other, of course. And that that's the way it's supposed to be. And, and at the end of the match towards, it was in the last round, you know, he started, I was on top and he started giving up. He's like, man, good fight. And we're still going at it. And I'm on top punching him. And he's telling me this. And I'm like, come on, man, don't stop. Keep going. And to me that, you know, he was very respectful at the end. And of course we hugged it out. And he's a, he's a, he's a great guy from what I know of him for that night. Right. Um, but uh, the connection that um, we made, of course, will always be with me. Um, yeah. It's it's a it's a tight knit community, right? So you you every time you go through an experience like that, you meet different people. Um, you learn from them. Uh, you learn what you did right, what you did wrong. Um, so it, it's always it's always trying to do better, get better. Um, the right way. And so in your uh, your wife and your boys, were they at the fight? Uh, yeah, they were all there except for Jackson, the little one. Um, and that that was awesome, of course. Uh, yeah, I was, was going to say, I don't know how many <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how many kids have a dad that jump into a full contact fight in a cage and can say, oh, yeah, that's my dad. He just he just won. I mean, that had to be pretty special. Man, it, uh, it, it really was. Um, and how I did that remember, feel? You get out of the cage and you go hug your wife and your sons. I mean, that, that had to be pretty uh, euphoric. It was. It was. And um, I don't want to say it like this, like that was the best night of my life, because it was it really was in a different way from, you know, of course, getting married, having having my kids. Those are all very special. The You know, the they were the very best days of my life for that sort of event. Right. So for this. This was something I've been training, I guess, my whole life for. And to go through that whole experience all through those years, the fight camp, the fight itself, and then the final decision, man, I, I was telling Jen that, like, by the time I went to bed that night, it was like three in the morning. I was just still so amped up on adrenaline and, and high. Um, I said, I, I can't wait to get to heaven because if heaven feels anything like this, man, it's awesome, right? But there's no way you can compare heaven to the to winning a fight. Um, I'm not trying to. I don't know all, that that, was, that just gave me chills, man. Because I was just, uh, I was it, just so. Go ahead. You you just brushed over that you've been training for this your whole life. I mean, if you really think about that, and I and I'm just thinking of the listeners out there. there there's so many people that don't necessarily do jujitsu or martial arts, but there are things that maybe we've been working on throughout our entire life, and maybe we're at this at some stage gate. To have your spouse and your children with you and supportive and there when you actually get to the next threshold 
um, that's pretty, it's pretty unique, man. So I, I can imagine that that is, that probably brought you up to a pretty high consciousness level, man. Oh, did it ever. I mean, I was, I was so high on that, that consciousness level chart. Like <laughs> I was, it was just all love. Right. And that's all I was feeling was just overwhelming love and support, you know, from my friends, family, and also, you know, my wife and kids being there. And, uh, that night, you know, one of my kids comes out to me and says, dad, I want to start fighting. I'm like, Oh, geez. <laughs> I'm like, that's the answer I want to hear. But I, I also want to tell him like, you don't want to do this for a living, man. <laughs> uh, right, right. But at the same time, that gave me that, that just meant so much to me that he saw what I went through and he enjoyed it so much that he's and sure. Right after that, he started training more seriously with me in jujitsu. And uh, since then he's competed a few times and, and actually, a, a couple of weeks ago, he won he won gold in his first, uh, not his first competition, but it, it was his third competition, but his first gold. So, oh, of course, great. that made that made me a proud dad. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm also very proud of all my, my other two kids and everything that they do. Right. But um, being that martial arts is one of the biggest things in my life that I've always done from from an early age. It, it just means a lot. I mean, um my other two kids train here and there, but they're more focused on the other sports. And that's something I don't force, right? I don't force my kids to do it. You know, I want them to do it because they want to do it. Um, I try to influence them at, you know, different times. Says, hey, you ready? You want to go train? You know, you want to go this? Let's, let's go do some, uh, let's do some mitt work or let's let's do some uh, takedowns. You know, if they in, they in. If they not, I'm like, all right, you know, let me know when you're ready. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's just one of the, you know, best moments in my life that I can compare it to against other big events. Um, so most, what's what, most satisfying? Yeah. What's next for you in your chapter of uh, jujitsu and in mixed martial arts? Well, continue, of course, training, uh, compete when I can, you know, if it's appropriate, um, coaching and, uh, you know, just teaching this younger generation. That's my main focus is getting this younger generation as much as I can, getting to them, teaching them, you know, life lessons, how to take care of themselves. But, you know, I'm not done. I feel like I got at least one more cage match in me. Uh, if the time's right, my train, if I can train properly for it, you know, but uh, it's not my priority uh, doing another fight, whereas my kids are my priority, right? You know, um, teenagers in high school right now, <laughs> Them going through their sports, that's, that's sure. what I'm more focused on. But at the same time, I guess uh, answering your question properly, longevity is my, my focus from here. 47, I hope to be still training, you know, in my 60s and 70s. Uh, of course, at a different level, you know, changing up my game a little bit, not going as hardcore as I do now. And I mean, and I'm starting to change my game now, right? I, I used to be more top game heavy now I'm, I'm i'm trying to learn different um approaches to to countering it and not going so hardcore right so you got to as you get older right so your body can adapt uh you don't recover as quick as a young gun um and your timing and your your speed and your strength starts to uh dwindle down but regardless of all that just having being in it and doing it that'll never go away mm. uh, you know and and 
not that I want to try and live forever. I just want my quality of life to be where um, as optimal as, as possible, right? So that's why I make sure I, I try to eat as good as I can. I, I take the supplements that my body needs. Um, just total optimization, mind, body, and spirit. And so that's that's what Thumos can offer, you know, for, for the men out there. And so I'm, very, Jeff, I'm very thankful for them. Oh, that's great, Jeff. Uh, I, you know, looking at looking back at, at your relationship with your dad and, and the teachings that he taught you, and now what martial arts has kind of helped with you, it seems like it's trickled down to your kids and your relationship with your wife. Um, for the guys that are listening out there that may not have any desire to be in martial arts or jujitsu, what um, what advice would you give to somebody like that? That you know, maybe maybe jujitsu is not not the answer for that person, uh, but they're looking for something, and and they just don't know what. What what advice would you tell them? Yeah, so if I get this, you know, quite a bit, uh, I don't typically play or my son or daughter doesn't play uh, soccer or volleyball. They're just not into it. They're not the sportsy type jock type of kid or they're not real athletic. Well, you know, you don't have to be real athletic to do martial arts. That will come in time. Uh, but at a minimum, get involved with some sort of of training, whether it's kickboxing or you start in Taekwondo or you start in jujitsu, I think the most effective, efficient um, art that you can do to get a good understanding of how to take care of yourself is is jujitsu. You know, when I first started my my Korean martial arts, I was like, oh man, this is the best art ever. It's not this watered down uh, karate stuff or things that has been Americanized and just people go and pay their monthly dues and they get a belt every two months. You know, it's, it's not, it, I was like, oh man, I've nailed it. And so I, I lived that for many years doing Pyeong Sudo and I felt great about it. And it's still an awesome art. I swear it, it complemented jujitsu. So if you can, if you can do jujitsu or find a good, you know, I guess stand-up martial arts, what you want to call it, a Korean, or you know, start with something like that. Uh, Muay Thai, you know, that would be the the gateway or the the entry to, you know, if one day you really liked MMA, right? That's that's how you get started. Uh, but to me, I think I think you know nowadays there's there's more jujitsu schools out there than are I guess karate schools these days. Because um, jiu-jitsu, I pretty much, it's, it's one of your um, arts that have blown up over the years since, of course, the UFC started and the grades have come out. But in addition to that, if you're in junior high or, or high school, wrestling, wrestling is a great base foundation for not only jiu-jitsu, but MMA. Um, mm -hmm. Wrestling, uh, one of the greatest quotes was from Dan Gable. It said, once you've wrestled, you can do anything. And then I, I took that quote and I, I, I stepped it up a notch. I said, once you've done um, MMA, you can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but no, wrestling, uh, to just give you a quick insight, wrestling, it's one of the most grueling conditioning arts out there. And uh, for high schoolers to go through that and, and collegiate, uh, 
wrestlers, oh man, it's just, it's brutal training, conditioning, but it's so self, I say, uh, rewarding, gratifying, satisfying, because it's you against just another person. It's not you on a team and it's a team effort. No, man, it, it's you against your counterpart there. And to to defeat that counterpart, that that is so rewarding internally. But then again, it also humbles you, right? Because you can go up against somebody, like I mentioned before, that just smokes you. And you're like, where did that come from? And you're like, all right, I got to get back on a drawing board. I got to pick it up a notch. Uh, here's where I got to, you know, here's my mistakes. Here's what I got to work on, right? And that that's my yeah. main reason for still competing. Where am I at in my skill set? You know, what do I need to work on? So that would be yeah. my advice. Uh, that's that's awesome. It, it, let, let me ask you one more question before we roll it out. Uh, if When your sons are adults, young adults, uh, let, let's just say mid-20s, what, uh, what do you want them to say about you if they're talking to their friends? Uh, <laughs> well, I would... Uh, I feel confident they would say this, but I would hope they would say, uh, you know, my dad was there for us whenever he needed, whenever we needed him. Um, he taught us tough lessons, uh, but he explained things to us, right? Uh, why I'm making you do this or why you have to do that. Um, I would hope they'd say, you know, my dad's fun. Um, there was a time and place for everything. Um, just like I say about my dad, you know, he was tough, he was strict, but he loved us and he groomed us to be the men that we're supposed to be in this world to not only treat others a certain way, but to be able to take care of ourselves and to live on that legacy that, you know, that I'm trying to portray that my dad did for me. Um, I hope that's what they would say, right? Um, uh, and that they they loved they loved when I was hard on them, and they loved me more when I was easy on them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that that's all I want them to be to be uh, to be happy and know that they can take care of themselves and um, what tools I may have passed down and, and taught them that they can apply and be the type of person that they're supposed to be um, with always god guiding them um and leading the way nice thank you jeff and thank you all for listening if you like what you've heard please remember to follow share and give us a five-star review uh if you're a man searching for improvement and growth be sure to check out strongdadscommunity.com jeff it has been a pleasure thank you so much for sharing uh, these, the, your story is 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 pretty awesome, and, I, and I'd like to get you back on as your sons get older to kind of feel out uh, what your latest strategy is, man. It would be good to talk talk again. Awesome, thank you, Charlie. I appreciate the opportunity, man, and I, and I love y'all. Appreciate. All right, it. love you too, brother.